Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on My podcast, I am joined by Rachel Peru. Very warm welcome to you, Rachel. Thank you for coming on the show. Good morning, Amy. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Well, it's a return favour or, or compliment or whatever it is. I came on Out of the Bubble podcast and here you are on Focus on Why. So I love it when we do a bit of a pod swap. Yes, tables are turned. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. And I much prefer being in this seat than being in, in the guest seat. And I don't know why. How about you? Um, I've become more comfortable um, doing it. I think it takes uh, practice. And uh, the more you do it, I think the easier it becomes. Yeah. So I'm not too bad now. It's probably true because I, I think I've recorded around about sort of 40 podcasts as a guest, but over 250 as a host. So, yeah, the, the tables are definitely sort of not balanced in that respect. So more practice needed on the being a guest, but all good. So we were brought together by the wonderful Steve Judge, who was one of my very early guests when I launched this podcast last year. And he said, you ladies need to speak with one another. So here we are. Yes, thank you, Steve. I love the networking circle. I love how it works. I love being able to make these connections and you just don't know where it's going to lead to, do you? No, and, and that's the thing. So when you first have that meeting of, okay, we've been brought together, let's just chat. And then the conversation goes in all sorts of different directions and as it will do today, I'm sure. So really looking forward to hearing more about your why. But what is it you're up to right now, Rachel? What is it you're doing? Um, so I guess I, I describe myself as a silver-haired curve model. I'm a body confidence coach and activist, um, an influencer, and I'm also the host of the Out of the Bubble podcast. And I am championing women over 40 to be more visible and to be confident in their next chapter in midlife. And silver-haired curve model, why, how, what, what, what tell us more. <laughs> Um, it's not something I ever planned, that's for sure. Um, if you'd have asked me in my 20s and 30s whether I would be doing this, I would have been running down the street chasing and you know, saying no way. Um, I did not have the body confidence or the self-esteem. You know, I just didn't have the, the, the courage to do it, so I would never have done it. And I got to my mid-40s. Um, I actually got divorced at 40 and went back to university and got an education studies degree. So I thought I was going to do teaching, um, early years teaching. I thought that was going to be my next career until I retired. And during that period of time, um, my circumstances changed and I, I ended up having to be at home for a while. And a friend volunteered me to do a local fashion show for a charity event. And although I was terrified and several gin and tonics later, I did it and really enjoyed it. And I actually found it really empowering I came off feeling stronger I felt more confident about myself and I, I couldn't wait to do it again and so I volunteered for the next three or four years and the more I did it I could see over those years that my confidence was growing again and when somebody said listen have you really thought about doing it you should do it professionally I'd got to 46 at this point I thought well actually what have I got to lose let's try it and I thought I'd be working locally. I thought I would be doing, you know, I live near Leeds. I thought if I got some weekend work, it'd be quite a nice hobby. So when a London agency um, said they wanted to represent me immediately, I was like, okay, I've got to take this seriously. I'm going to give it my all and see what happens. 
And I have found this new passion. I love being able to represent older women in the fashion industry. And I can't, you know, I do still pinch myself that I am 51 next month and I'm modeling, you know, I've just done a uh, big lingerie campaign at 51. Um, they're my favorite jobs, modeling swimwear. And I am, yeah, I guess I'm living living the, my best life that I could never have imagined um, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And you said your confidence was growing again. Why did it need to grow? What, what had happened to your confidence? Uh, I'd never, I'd really struggled. I'd really struggled from being a child. So I was very, very shy and anxious. I never felt good enough um, around my peers at school. And I think that just carried on into, into my kind of adulthood, into my 20s and 30s. I suppose, you know, I did do things in life. I worked in retail, but I I never had that kind of confidence to, to go for things. I, I can now when I look back, I missed so many opportunities because I was too scared to try because I thought I would fail or I was worried about what people thought of me. So when I did find myself getting divorced at 40, I knew that I wanted, I knew it had to change really. I knew I had more in me and I needed to find it. So at 40, I did a tandem skydive um, and I'm terrified of heights, <laughs> but I wanted to mark the decade and do something brave. And I wanted that to be the theme of the next decade. So it really encouraged me after that to say yes to all opportunities and see where it led to and to worry about everything afterwards instead of worrying about what might happen beforehand. And it has taken me down a very different route. And I've had so many more experiences in the last 10 years than I probably did in my 20s and 30s. And it's really interesting, you said that brave was the theme of your decade for your 40s. Have you got a theme for your 50s? Um, no, but ambition is my is my word now. Ambition, I have got much more. I've become ambitious for the first time in my life. I've got lots I want to achieve now, and I don't feel like my age is going to be a barrier to that. So it's exciting. It's fabulous. And you said that you love lingerie and swimwear the most. What's, what's behind that? I think because my own experience of not having body confidence, so I really struggled to feel comfortable in my own skin. Um, I am big chested. I always have been. And I think as a teenager and then going on into my 20s and 30s, I felt really self-conscious of that. And when I got to 40, my body confidence grew at the same time as me pushing myself out by comfort zone and doing everything else. So I've been through the experience of not feeling comfortable in my body to now really feeling great about my body and, and feeling comfortable enough. So when I do do my lingerie campaigns, I, I find it really empowering and it makes me feel, it makes it reminds me of my journey, but also other women and the feedback that I've got from other women of my peer group that are saying, fantastic to see somebody represented that looks like me. You know, I'm a curvy size 14, 16 with gray hair. I'm not, you know, I'm very aware I'm not your typical um older model style so I think the feedback then has really encouraged me to show up more and be part of that conversation so that's why I love it that's fantastic and you know I'm sure when you were training for your early years this was not on your mind at all not at all no and I love the teaching side and I do kind of sometimes I miss the miss being with it with the kids but it's interesting because now I'm doing a bit more coaching and I've, I've been training a lot more I can see how what I've learned through education studies degree is now going to be brought into to the next part of what I'm doing. So I think all these experiences kind of help build you, don't they, and, and help you on your journey. Oh, absolutely. All the threads, when you, as you said, when you start to look back, you can you can see them all to connecting. And, and, and somebody, what well, was lovely guest, William Buse, talks about the tapestry of life. And, and it is so lovely to think about that. It is so true. And 
I'm just thinking here that you you said as a child that you were sort of too scared to try and you, you didn't want to do things and, and that you, you've now become brave and that you said about missed opportunities. What what were the missed opportunities you feel? I think like in retail, I'd, I'd, I'd always played it safe. So I had, you know, assistant manager jobs or management jobs. And then whenever there was an opportunity to take it further, I didn't trust myself enough to do it so I didn't go for them or if an opportunity in business came along and somebody said listen I think you'd be great for this role are you going to apply for it I would go so far and then I would pull out at the last minute and think no I'm not going to do it and looking back now I you know who knows where that might have led to but I just I always got this close to doing it and then pulled back and it was the fear it was a fear of failure it was a fear of not being able to to do it and not being able to do the job and that whole imposter syndrome that just stopped me from doing things like that in life. Traveling, you know, I, I didn't have the confidence to go to university when I was 18. I was going to go to drama school and I was really encouraged to do that. And I played it safe because I was scared. So I think it's just those little opportunities that that would have helped me grow more maybe. And I and I didn't allow that to happen. That fear got in the way, definitely. And knowing what you know now as a coach, and and you're using the terms that coaches use, the imposter syndrome, the understanding fear of failure. Did you know that's what it was at the time? Um, no, not at all. I knew I was anxious. I knew I was I knew I was an anxious person, and I knew I lacked confidence. And I think also when you when you do portray that kind of person other people around you then reinforce that so people would if they were describing me in a conversation they would they would I would probably overhear them say yeah but Rachel's not very confident so don't put her in that situation so then other people almost kind of tag on to that and hold you back as well um, but it's my making and I'm very conscious that I can see that now and you know whilst I could sit and look back and think oh gosh why didn't I do those things it's just been part of my my journey and I'm doing them now and I intend not to waste any any more moments stopping myself that's for sure absolutely and so you're championing women in the, in their 40s and and beyond what are they doing what are they hearing from you what's your message how are you championing and empowering them I am sharing my story at any opportunity I can because I think it's important for women to know that you can restart your career at 46 and, and go a different route and, and try new things and it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out but at least you've tried it so I really make a make a point of making sure I'm visible I use my social media platform to share inspiration so I'm always showing up and I am there on my lingerie and my swimwear and my underwear quite often <laughs> showing my body confidence because I've got to practice what I preach and so I'm active in the fashion industry working with brands that wouldn't necessarily use older women um, and so I'm really I really want to be part of that conversation in the fashion industry to make sure that brands know that women in the 40s and 50s want to see women they can relate to and so I would rather be part of that conversation and work with brands that are supporting diversity um, and then share that on my social media platform as much as I possibly can and just and through the podcast because I think you know I do weekly podcasts where I share women's stories over 40 
all sorts of different backgrounds. And it's women that maybe necessarily wouldn't have had a platform to be visible and to share their story. And I really do think we all have a story to tell. We might not feel it sometimes, but we all have that story that can spark something else off in somebody else that you just don't know who's listening. And that's what I love about it. I love I love the opportunity to be able to maybe inspire some something thought-provoking in somebody else. A couple of questions I have. Firstly, are you instigating the change in the fashion industry or is it evolving itself? It's evolving. It is very slowly evolving. But I think there is definitely a group, and I am part of it, that are pushing for it, that are calling brands out if they're not diverse enough, that are contacting them and saying, you know, have you thought about working with an older model? Why don't you use older women? So I think it's a joint effort. I think without some models and consumers pushing the brands, they will do it a lot slower. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm, I'm so pleased. And I absolutely love your Instagram feed and, and seeing you so confident. And it's so, I'm so beautiful. The, the images are just stunning. So I can see how it becomes sort of, you want to do more because they do look fantastic and you know what a difference it's making. So yeah, well done. It's, it's just brilliant. I love it. And I, I'm in this bracket. I'm in your bracket of your calling these silver-haired women and my hair is growing silver more and more every day and I'm actually really enjoying it I was sort of playing with it earlier and whereas I used to sort of pluck out an occasional hair a few years ago now I'm like oh come on have a bit more, more here and there <laughs> yeah and it is quite fast it is happening fast I, I, I probably lockdown induced but it's also yeah. at that time of life anyway so all good Brilliant. I mean, yeah, I think there is this grey haired movement as well. And lockdown definitely has brought that conversation to the forefront that women are kind of saying, OK, I'm not sure whether I do want to carry on dyeing my hair. And that's OK. And I think it's about freeing us all from judgment of society and, and being comfortable in what in what we want to do and not having those kind of the pressure from other people. It's interesting that freeing from judgment and pressure. And as you say, the, the shift over the last year has allowed or, or has enabled people to become more relaxed in who they are in their body. And obviously our bodies have changed in the last year because we've been probably more static, maybe. So, and I know that there's been a lot of people worried about their lockdown weight because they've been quite static on Zoom calls majority of the day. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's brought up a new level of pressure because people have had quite a year off from it all, if you like, to then suddenly going back out there. And it's brought a lot of anxiety up for, for women in particular, I think, because there is so many already we see in magazines and televisions, the diets, the diet adverts have started, the get your bikini beach body ready for summer have started. It's all this pressure ladled onto you. And actually, the priority is not about what size we are or what we weigh on the weight scales. The priority has been about surviving this last year and how we get out there and, and start reliving our lives again and to have that added burden of your weight and what's that what dress size you are is just too much for people and I think that that culture and that narrative really does need to change and conversations like this and that social media can be a great power of force if it's used in the right way and there are lots of people out there saying the same positive message so it's about trying to look for those people and not the negative. 
And is there a, a sort of a discourse between the print media and the social media? Because you're you're talking about the, the the print media having this whole beach body readiness that we need to now, and that becomes almost a cyclical annual thing that they publish. And they know it's coming. Whereas actually, what is it that we really need? And we or are we we're sort of being brought round to what we think we should be thinking about as opposed to what we are actually thinking about? I think there's still there definitely a discord. I think, you know, and, and I do read magazines because it's part of my job to keep up to date with what people are doing, but I still it always leaves me flat because it is still there it's they're slowly starting to use older models, but you know, Typically, if it's a grey-haired model, it will be for a brand that maybe is more associated with a 70-year-old, not a 40 or a 50-year-old. And I think, you know, when it comes to size, they might, it's a lot of tokenism, whereas it should just be part of the conversation. So I think there is still this huge discord. And I, I think it comes from the top in the fashion industry. And I think it's, you know, personally, I think there's there's a lot of men in the fashion industry at the top in advertising and marketing. And I think we've got a long way to go before those conversations start trickling down and they start actually listening to what consumers want in from an advertising and from a marketing point of view. And I know you're you're doing your best and you're part of a group to call out these brands, but what else can we do to change the conversation? I think it's down to consumers. I think they have a voice. I think they can reach out to their brands, to their favorite brands and say, look, we want to see more. I think, you know, we, the over 40, the over 50s have a huge spending power. So I think it's about, you know, we'll seek out the brands that we do feel represented by and show our, our support for those brands through our through our pocket and through our through the money that we spend and maybe not using the brands that show you know only 20 year olds in, in an advertising campaign that in a shop that you would regularly shop it is really frustrating yeah I mean I've, I've noticed a huge underrepresentation of this age bracket in, in particularly in fashion but obviously in in other areas and I'm a big advocate I'm sure you, you heard me say it, of midlife beginnings instead of midlife yeah. crises and uh, partly because I'm in that bracket and so therefore I am more aware of it it's it's on my radar all the time but it, it, it just seems to me as you say it's, it's a great opportunity in life because you you you've got four to four decades of experience and now you're bringing to the party all of your sort of knowledge your your capabilities but you've still got the energy to do so and so it's it's a great it's a great time in life I, I believe I do too and I think we you know we've got so much more confidence we you know we can go I know lots of people do talk about losing confidence in midlife but you can refine it and you can rediscover that and it's an exciting time and I think we've got so much to offer so I think it's a great shame that then they're, they're not tapping into that energy that we have right now because I think there is a there's a huge shift in the way midlife women are getting out there in the world and, and showing up. And I think that needs to then be represented properly. Absolutely. And the other question that I was had earlier was you mentioned your podcast and about how you're speaking with all fabulous women and talking about what they're doing. I wanted to ask you about out of the bubble and what out of the bubble means for you. Um, so I've lived in a very small town in Yorkshire all my life. And, you know, as I said at the beginning, I have missed opportunities. So I didn't go to London to drama school. I stayed in, in the same town. I've worked here, you know, pretty much within maybe a 10 mile radius. I've always stayed here. And whilst it's been a beautiful place to bring up my family and my children, I'm very aware of the fact that where I live is like living in a very small bubble. So when I did start making changes um, to my mindset and to life in my 40s, I felt like I had broken out of that bubble, which was really exciting and refreshing. And I also think, 
we can get stuck in a rut. You know, midlife can be a time when things are changing for everybody else that's around us. If you've got children, they're perhaps going off to university. You know, our, our partners might have amazing careers that they're really getting fulfilled from. And women are often left feeling stuck in this little bubble and not sure where, where they can go next. So it's about breaking out of that and stepping out of your comfort zone. And talking about breaking out of your comfort zone, pushing these boundaries, and you now having this word that you're living by, which is ambitious and or ambition. And what is it you really want to achieve? What is there a, a big goal? I'd love to do a TED talk. I'd love to do a body confidence TED talk. That's on. That's definitely at the top of my list. I do more speaking events. I want to be able to reach as many women as I can, not just in midlife, because I think body confidence in particular is something that's for, for much younger. I'd like to be able to get to, to the women before they start having the crisis about their bodies. Um, so I'd like to be more visible and do more speaking events. That's, that's high on my list this year and do more coaching. And I'd like to work in New York. I'd like to go out and see the difference between how they, what their attitude is to diversity over there in the industry as compared to the UK. That would be a really exciting opportunity. And I just want to see what happens and, and go with the flow and just, yeah, I'd like to write a book. Um, so I've got lots that I want to do this decade. I love that. And I, I mean, the whole oh, Rachel doesn't do that because she's not very confident. Where has that Rachel gone? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And now I do see it as a challenge. And it doesn't mean to say that I am uber confident all the time. Of course, I still have wobbles, but I am determined to override those and not let that stop me now. So I will always say yes to things and then have a crisis behind the scenes before I do it. (laughs) And then I'll do it and it'll be fine. (laughs) So what would you say is your why? What's driving you now, Rachel? Because I know how much I did hold myself back from my own personal experiences to what I'm doing now and how much more I'm getting out of life. If I can help just one woman to get over that and start living her life in her her fullest way, then for me, then that's worth everything that I'm doing. So to be able to inspire other women to, to break out of their comfort zones and to try new things and to start living a fulfilled life is definitely my why. And working with your your clients and also pushing out these fabulous podcasts, what what are the messages you're hearing back? What do people say to you? That um, women are really strong. We're really strong. Some of the stories that women share are that they overcome huge hurdles to get to where they are now, but that, that everything's possible. And that there are, we are, we do limit ourselves so much and, you know, once you take those those barriers up, you can you can really do so much more than you think. And the women that I talked to on the podcast have achieved so much more than they ever could have imagined. And it hasn't been easy, but they've got there. So I think I always take away their strength of character and determination, these women that share their stories. And then the listeners come back to me and say, well, you know, listening to that has inspired me to research doing something completely different. You know, I had one woman say that she spent all Christmas um, doing research for a new project and has now changed careers in her 40s. And I love hearing that because to me, that's what it's about. It's about, you know, and whether that works out for her or not, she's had the courage to do it and who knows where it leads to. Can you remember those? moments before you stood on the on the catwalk that first time when you volunteered after 
as you said, a couple of GNTs or maybe even more than that. <laughs> can, no you remember, <laughs> can you remember what it what it meant for you as you were sort of just taking those first few steps? I really had to stop myself from crying. It was it, it was a big deal for me. I really really had to stop myself from crying and I can remember it now and it, my heart was going so fast um I probably felt a bit sick but it was an emotional reaction to thinking okay I'm going to do this but it was that it was a, a mixture of fear and excitement and but it did bring me close to tears I had to really stop myself from getting upset about it and afterwards I, I was obviously hugely relieved that I hadn't fallen flat on my face in front of everybody in my heels. Um, but it was just that for me, it was a real personal achievement to do that. Awesome. It's, a, it's brilliant. And then the next step was, as you said, you got signed up by, well, obviously a couple of years later, you got signed up by a London agency. Can you remember thing, how you felt when that call happened? Yeah, I actually, when I remember going to... Um, had to go to London to meet the agency and um so off I went and you know even going to London for me was a big deal because I because I have grown up in this small little town obviously I've been to London before but I'd never really been independently traveling around London and finding locations and they send you off and give you an address and off you go and find it and I just remember walking out of there thinking my god this is this is amazing this they have actually chosen me I think that I could do it and it was a real pinch me moment. I remember ringing my, my um, husband and thinking, you know, they, they like me, they want me to do it, what am I going to do? And it's like, well, you go for it, you've got to just do it. So I think after that, then my mindset started to change because I thought, well, actually, if they believe in me, then I've got to start showing up for myself. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it absolutely is that. And uh, as you said, you, you didn't want to miss any more opportunities and you you was. No, it wasn't that you were too scared to try anymore because you'd just broken through, as you say, a bubble or some limit or some kind of boundary and, and that you were able to because you were brave. Do you say no to opportunities now? Do you, what, what do you say no to? I have said no to a couple of opportunities in the last few years and I really kicked myself now. Well, I was so cross with myself for saying no. Um, one was um, to um, audition for a QVC presenting job. And it was a time when I'd just started doing the podcast and I hadn't done a lot of speaking and presenting roles. And so I chickened out and thought, I know I can't do this. And I really wish I had because what if? Um, because now I actually, it turns out, I love presenting and I'm really comfortable in front of the camera talking. So I think I missed an opportunity there. But who knows what's around the corner? So you can't look back at things. But I have there has been a couple of times, but I am less likely to say no now. I think it would have to be something... Um, quite big for me to really have a wobble I would if I said if I thought I was going to say no I think my husband would be saying no you're not doing that <laughs> so tell me your your TED talk that you're going to be doing in on body confidence where are you going to be doing it and when are you going to be doing it oh gosh <laughs> I'm going to do it in the next five years <laughs> that's my plan um, and I would love to do it somewhere in Yorkshire because I am a Yorkshire girl and I think there's, you know, there's a huge north-south divide in, in what's going on in the north. So I, any opportunity I can do to be part of the Yorkshire conversation and champion that, then I would love to do it in Yorkshire somewhere. So Yorkshire and New York, here we come. Exactly. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I, lo I love that. Maybe you call it New Yorkshire or something. Yes. <laughs> that could be a title of your book. <laughs> so tell me about your book. Let's let's delve into that more. 
Um, I'm actually working on one at the moment where I am, um, it's called What's Stopping You? And I've interviewed um, 12 women that have all stepped out of their comfort zones and taken on new challenges in life um, with all fantastic stories to share. But I am then taking on those challenges as a complete beginner um, and sort of use sharing my own experience of what it's going to be like. So I've interviewed an artist, so I'm now going to have to learn how to to paint something. Um, I'm training for a half marathon because I've interviewed a long distance runner. So I will be sharing all their stories as well as the from a complete beginner's perspective because I'm very much about practicing what you preach so I wanted to show that you can start at the beginning and and this is what it's like so that this is it's a fun project um and lockdown obviously kind of held things up a bit because of the activities that I need to do so I'm back on it now which is going to be exciting and I'd also like to write um, a body confidence story and book I'd love to be able to share um my advice and what I've learned and my experiences for women not just in middle midlife but you know of all ages to become more body confident I'm really intrigued about your your 12 activities that you're going to do because I, I know you've just given us a couple of, of, of learning how to paint and how to run a half marathon yeah did you select which 12 or like um, I wish I had you... <laughs> I wish I had because at the beginning I found all these I get so excited about the stories and then I think oh god I've got to do that now <laughs> so I have um interviewed a triathlon uh, a lady that started triathlons in, in a later life and so I am now looking at the easiest triathlon which I think is a sprint triathlon to try and <laughs> do so I that's on my list and I'm putting it off I'm procrastinating about that and I know I've got to get on with it um but I'm doing stuff like I'm paddleboarding I'm learning to paddleboard um I'm doing um, I'm learning arts I have interviewed um a writer an author that started in, in the 50s and now is a published Amazon author so I've, there's lots of real mixture some are definitely easier than others <laughs> That's brilliant. I think it's fantastic. It reminds me of the, the, the sort of almost crazed sports relief activities that the people do. And you just think, well, how do they even think of that? And then now I can see how all of these have come together. And, and probably as long as you didn't choose anything completely crazy. Or it- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's not so far. I mean, fire walking, which I'm going to do fire walking, so that'll be good as well. I need a challenge, Annika jumpsuit. That's what I'm after now, Amy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The curvy version of Challenge Annika. Here she comes. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I love that show as a kid because it was was one of the first shows that came on Channel 4, and I remember watching it as a kid. Oh, this is so exciting, and and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. No, so I would love to do that. (laughs) Ah, fantastic. Well, what is on what is on the immediate agenda right now? What is it you're doing this year? Work, obviously, modelling has been a difficult year because of the pandemic. So last month I was back in London again shooting with a with for an up-and-coming lingerie campaign, um, which is really exciting. So it's great to be back doing the modelling. So I'm really on a mission now to target some more of those brands that I really want to work with this year. So I'm upping the, the ante on that. I am... Um, Trying to be more diverse on the podcast as well, because there's lots of subjects that, that I haven't covered and that I want to work on. So I want to try and bring more diversity into my podcast. And this last year, I've been doing lots of self-development work. So I have been doing my life purpose coaching qualification. I've been looking at body confidence coaching. So I've developed um, more of a coaching line. So I am really working hard at getting that message across now, which is another kind of string to my bow but it sits very much in line with with my brand and what I'm all about so that's that's a new development for me which is exciting 
So who would who'd be sitting, listening to, or maybe walking, whatever they're doing, listening to this podcast right now and thinking, oh, I need to speak to Rachel. What would they be? What, why would they need to speak to you? They would be somebody that is currently feeling quite invisible, that they're feeling a bit lost in themselves. When they look in the mirror, they don't like what they see back and they stop themselves from getting on with life because they're worried about what other people think about them and how they feel in their body. And it might be not necessarily in midlife, but lots of the women that I do talk to are usually the women that are over 40 that are going through that transition stage of, you know, their bodies physically change. It's a real process that you have to go through mentally. Um, And if I can impart some body confidence to that to help them give them that boost that they need to get back connected with themselves, um, then definitely that's the kind of women that I'd like to talk to. And if they say, yes, 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 that's me. How do they get in contact with you, Rachel? I mean, go to rachelperu.co.uk and everything's on my website. Um, I've got a self-study course so they can do it in their own time. Um, and I've also got one-to-one coaching and I'm going to do group, group coaching sessions later on in the year. So, but everything's on my website. Fantastic. And connect with you on various social media channels. I know you're active on Instagram. Yes, Instagram is my main one. Um, I love it. So come and say hello, Rachel Peru one. Um, and I'll always, you know, if you want to message or ask me anything, I always get back to you. So I'd love to see you on there. And you've got a big following. How did that happen? It's grown, yeah. I mean, I didn't go on there thinking anything about it. I've just gone with the flow. But I did, um, in my first year of modelling, I worked with Ashley Graham and the singer Lizzo in America in a swimsuits campaign. And so I went there with something like 500 followers and came back with thousands. So that was a real great start. And then whenever I've done different campaigns, I suppose it just the, the followings in, increase slowly. And I think I'm showing up as my authentic self and I, and I hope that the people following there can see that and can relate to me in whatever way. And then it just kind of word of mouth. But I love being on there. I've met so many great people and connections through social media. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. So what would your message be to your 10 year old self now, knowing what confidence has taken you or where confidence has taken you now? I would say you are good enough. You are good enough just as you are right now. And that's enough. Yeah. And would you have believed yourself? If I'd have had somebody saying that with me, I would have done. If I'd have said it over and over again, I would have done. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I'll make sure all of your contact details go into the show notes. And absolutely, it's been a delight talking with you today. I really enjoyed our conversation. And I'm hoping that you are going to be really encouraging. I know you're encouraging women already, but you're going to bring more people into this fold of being more confident with themselves because as you said not trusting yourself to do things having that fear of failure and and not having that confidence to even travel or or sort of holding yourself back it is so liberating when you realize that it's just you that's doing all of that yeah it really is and and then once you've lifted that then it's endless opportunities and who knows where it's going to lead to you just don't know what's happening when you say yes to things Oh, I can't wait to see where we're going to be following you. And I can't wait to hear your TED talk and and your your books that are coming out. It's fantastic. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Rachel. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Love talking to you. Yeah, fantastic. And do you have some final words for the audience, please, Rachel? I think I always say to people now, just be true to yourself, stay in your own lane and just keep focused on what you're doing in life because that is good enough and you don't have to compete with other people. It's just about you being true to yourself. So stay in your own lane and just be authentic. 
Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.